I I remember all my friends were like starting their kids in preschools and I was like, I'm, I can't do it. Like we weren't allowed to send our own food and you had to like do what they were doing there. And I remember one of my friends at the time, she was like, you're gonna choose food over education. And I was like, yeah, because to me, food is a huge part of education. So it really like was the food, the number one thing. And then I had been around like, all my friends were always like, they were older than me. And so I was hearing like their kids were already like in elementary or middle school. And I was hearing about like all their struggles. And I was like, oh, I have the option to never even enter these struggles, you know, um, of whether it was like their kid didn't like school or video games or screen time or what they were exposed to. And so I was kind of like, we don't have to do any of this. We can just figure it out a different way. That's Vanessa, homeschool mom, military spouse, Waldorf-inspired, minimalistically minded, and creator of the platform, Vanessa's Holistic Living. Vanessa and her family have moved and shuffled around the country due to her husband's military career. In each new location, she has brought a positive growth mindset, allowing her to develop groups and organizations that didn't exist when she arrived. Her positive attitude towards life and her entrepreneurial qualities have helped hundreds of families to find community in areas where it didn't exist. She has left each place better than when she had arrived and how this outlook on life is all part of her child's education. Grab a seat by the fire. This is the Homeschool Project Podcast. All right, Vanessa, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to be here and talk with you guys. Good. Yeah, so we appreciate you um, taking the time. We know you're on a road trip to go see some friends and um, you just got in and are, are cranking up the computer for us. So thank you. And the way we usually start this is we just have our guests introduce themselves and a little bit about your background, you, your family, and a little bit about your history. So I'm Vanessa. I have been married for 12 years. My husband is, he was in the operating room um, in the army, and he's currently going back to school at the Uniform College in Bethesda, Maryland to stay in the medical field and finish out his military career. We actually met in ROTC, so I was in the military for a bit. And back then did all like the fun, cool stuff of like running a marathon and army boots and stuff. And then, then we had our son and he is seven. And I kind of just transitioned from there. I have a background in the wellness industry that I got my master's and bachelor's in exercise science and health promotion. And then thought it was a good idea to like get all every certification possible. So like personal training, group exercise, yoga, Pilates, holistic nutrition, life coaching, all of the, I was like on a roll. And then um, I had my son and it just never felt right to go back to um, not being with him. So I've been with him from day one, never thought I would homeschool, but then I was like, with the closer we got to school, I was like, oh yeah, if we're going to homeschool. And um, yeah, so we just kind of been taking it as it comes with every duty station and every phase of parenthood now. <laughs> Can you give a rundown of some of the places that you've been stationed? So um, my husband's first duty station was in Maryland or Washington, D.C. at the first Walter Reed. Then we went to Hawaii. Then we went to California, if you've ever heard of Fort Irwin, California. Um, and then we went to back to Hawaii and then now we're back in Maryland. So we kind of ping ponged back and forth and we're, uh, my husband's 12 years in now. Was, uh, the place in California, is that the desert area? 
Oh yes, it is the Mojave Desert. If the highlight is Barstow, California, if you know anything about California, it's the National Training Center. So it looks like Iraq. That's where everyone goes to train before they get deployed. Um, it actually probably is one of the highlights of our military time that um, I still remember the phone call I got that my husband called me and he was like, okay, we're, we were in Hawaii at that time. And so he's like, so we're moving to California, but it's not the California you're thinking of. And I was like, okay. And then from that moment on, if you tell someone you're moving to Fort Irwin and they know anything about it there, it's not something someone's going to tell you anything good about. <laughs> so we knew ahead of time, like you got to go in with positivity or else you're just going to waste your life. Those years you live there. So I got there and I was like, cool, I'll just join a mom's workout group. We'll make friends. I'll volunteer to teach classes if they want something and nothing existed yet. So I was like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to start making friends and be like, if I'm, I'm going to be at the playground at this time, if you want to come exercise, like meet me there, we can hang out. And I just thought like, this will be a way I make friends, but it turned out to be this huge workout group that still exists today. Um, but I got recognized by the general that runs the base, like the surgeon general loved that I was doing that. Um, it turned out into this really positive community that I met probably over 300 moms, like the largest workout I remember leading was like 52 moms and 46 kids were there. And I was pretty much just like yelling, like, this is our next exercise. So it, it turned out like, I love the experiences I had there. We did so many cool things. Um, and so many of those girls are still like my best friends today. That's awesome. We definitely want to, uh, hit more on that later in this conversation. Um, because we think that's so important what you did there, but, um, so you, you touched real quick. You said that when you had a kid, if, is there more to that story of how you decided to homeschool? Cause I always think that's really interesting to hear everybody's story of how they came about to that decision. So how did that so, you guys? I think the whole, like my whole background of being in the wellness industry of teaching fitness and learning about food, like it was so healing for myself. Like we're naturally, I think, drawn to whatever we need for ourselves, you know, like you're like, oh, I'm interested in this. So it was for myself for sure. But then it was to create this foundation for our family. And so like, I can't look at all that education or time I invested in it as a waste of time now that I don't in a sense like lead like walk into a yoga studio or something but it was so much for us um, as a family unit and I worked so hard like to be like okay we're gonna like do healthy food and we're gonna do all this and the closer and closer it got to school time it was like oh my gosh like I'm not on board with like every day is like cinnamon rolls on Mondays for breakfast and like all this stuff I was like no I've worked so hard like I can't so it honestly was that my number one like thing was like, I, I remember all my friends were like starting their kids in preschools and I was like, I'm, I can't do it. Like we weren't allowed to send our own food and you had to like do what they were doing there. And I remember one of my friends at the time, she was like, you're going to choose food over education. And I was like, yeah, because to me, food is a huge part of education so it really like was the food, the number one thing. And then I had been around, like all my friends were always like, they were older than me. And so I was hearing like their kids were already like in elementary or middle school. 
and I was hearing about like all their struggles and I was like, oh, I have the option to never even enter these struggles, you know, um, of whether it was like their kid didn't like school or video games or screen time or what they were exposed to. And so I was kind of like, we don't have to do any of this. We can just figure it out a different way. That's so cool. Like that, I've never heard anybody like that was their initial reason to even consider homeschooling. Like you said, just as simple as like, you didn't have a say over what he's going to eat. And it's so important. I remember when we were both working, our kids had to be in daycare and preschool. And those are, like you said, that age group, so sad. You, you usually don't have a choice with their guidelines to bring in your own food, which is insane to me. And I remember he'd be like, our son would come home and he's like, we had, you know, it was like uh, so much junk in school. And he was like, what? what are they feeding up there? And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't eat like rice cakes and grains all day or anything like that. Like I, I but I'm a pretty healthy eater, but, but I eat like a wide, we eat like wide range of food. It's in like another level when it comes to the food that they get fed at most schools. It's like just junk food all day long. I'm okay with a treat here and there, but it was like, was it we had pizza and then we had some cake and then they yes. gave us some candy for getting um, some questions. Correct. <laughs> And then they had, uh, um, I think like lollipops another day, um, it was, it popsicles. Was, it was nonstop. And I was just like, I was like, just, that's a problem. Like if we can't send, uh, you know, our own food in there, then I'm not really comfortable with him just eating that stuff every day, all day, five days a week. And you have no control over it. So completely agree. But like she said, everybody that we talk to always has a different reason for doing it, which is kind of interesting to hear, but that's the, that's the first, but extremely important. Now was your- well, and then they kind of wonder like so in a classroom setting when a teacher is like trying to manage the classroom and I'm like like for me the food connection is so important of like well yeah like why do you think they can't sit still or they're not interested like unless you're nourished inside like you're not going to be able to process what someone's saying and nope so true so was your husband on board with this from the get-go or did he think you were crazy my husband <laughs> So my husband was on board from the get go, but it started back. I remember when I was pregnant and I was like, so I've been reading these books and I'm going to um, like enroll myself with the midwives. And he's like, okay, well, you know, like, like he kind of was like, why would you want to have natural childbirth? And like, mm-hmm. if you do that, they're not going to give you an epidural. And I was like, perfect. I don't want one, <laughs> but he, he is more Western medicine and he didn't know like all the differences and like choices you had. So in that moment, he kind of was like, oh, Vanessa's going to do like everything different than I know. (laughs) So he's definitely been very supportive, but he knows like, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to do my best. Like he knows my personality and trusts me. But there have been times where he'll be like watching what other kids are doing that have gone to public schools and been around us. And he's like, okay, Vanessa, like reassure me what we're doing is okay. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, Michael, honey, like you don't walk up to someone and you're like, so can you tell me like, how old were you when you walked? When did you learn how to read? Like, when did you know your times? Like, I'm like, these are things that like, you feel like when you're that age are important, but as an adult, none of us meet a new friend and they're like, okay, tell me about your first grade. Right. That's so true. (laughs) So I don't know much about the Waldorf education. All I know is that when I see people post pictures, 
and they're like these beautiful pictures. I'm like, oh, what is this? And they're like, sure enough, it's like hashtag Waldorf. <laughs> and I know that um, with your platform, you primarily follow Waldorf. So can you tell us more about it and the philosophy behind it? So I was actually, I'm very into minimalism and I found Waldorf through minimalism. That Waldorf's focus is on creating this very natural, holistic environment that really nourishes the whole self. So if you ever have an opportunity to go into a Waldorf school, like it is beautiful, like of everything is like wood and the colors are just like make you feel very calm. And so that's what kind of gravitated me towards it of like, it just felt so good and it felt so different. Um, But it's all about, um, so Waldorf originated in Germany, um, Steiner invented it actually for like his industry of like, he was brought in there to develop a school for the um, like industry that he was working for. But he was like, no, I want it to be open to everyone. And he actually wanted it to be free where now like a Waldorf school near our house is $30,000 a year. No. So it's, I mean, there's Waldorf charter schools too. And then there's Waldorf homeschooling that there's kind of all different levels of it. But the whole philosophy of it is hand, hearts, head. So you're learning everything through all that. So you're not getting a workbook of like, here's the letter H, like draw it over and over and over. You're being read a story or doing storytelling about the letter H and there's a hut in the forest. And so you're visualizing that hut and then you can walk the letter H and then you can trace it on each other's backs and you can beeswax model it. So you're really living that letter through your whole body, like your whole self. And so instead of memorizing it, it just, you feel it within, from within. So academics don't start until you're seven by spring. So for some kids, that would mean you're in grade one and you're like eight. So it's delayed academics, how it used to be. And it's more before that, like kindergarten below is just normal way of life of learning like, oh, I'm pretending to bake or I'm helping bake or I'm pretending to do all the stuff we do around the house. So they learn more that lifestyle, that rhythm, that routine of your family of life. And then they go into academics and you're right. Like every, like Waldorf definitely encourages like art, music, like everything they do is so beautiful. Like the handwork, I'm like, I just want to like have all the yarn and needle felt and make everything. (laughs) I think if I was more creative, like if I had that artsy side of me, I would probably follow it, but I'm going to be realistic and I'm not. So, and he can attest to that. (laughs) Not at all. Well, the interesting thing is I was not like, I, like I drew an airplane with my eyes closed was one of the first times I met my husband's family. We were playing this game and I had to draw an airplane with my eyes closed and it cracked everyone up because it didn't look like an airplane. And so it's interesting because it's been such a self journey for myself of like now, like I feel so much more comfortable like drawing stuff or like getting back into these things. Like even like how many times do parents say like, oh, I can't sing, I'm a horrible singer. And now I'm like singing and leading these circle times because I'm like, well, I don't want kids to hear like I'm a bad singer. They're only gonna think I'm a bad singer if I say I'm a bad singer. And I love that because that also goes along with the, I read your post today, how you were sharing how Waldorf for you guys is a lifestyle and it's not just for your son, but it's like for your family. And to hear you say that you've journeyed along with it is really neat. I I love that about homeschooling. 
it's definitely a family journey. And I think it's awesome because it just brings you so much closer together. Like you think about, like, even I read the average kindergartner's day is like, okay, wake up, have an iPad or a show on to watch breakfast and then get in the van and have your technology on the way to school and then go to school and then get picked up and have it on the way home. And then it's basically time for homework and dinner and then go to bed that like, there's no, there's not a lot of family connection in all that. Nope. That was one of the reasons we decided to do it. We definitely uh, lost that a lot of our family time because of just, you're always on the go, go, go. And then you forget but you don't know it no. until you do something like this. And then it like clicks, you're like, holy mackerel, how much time were we missing with our family? When we knew, and we've said this before on other podcasts, but we always notice it because our neighbors, their little girl takes the bus to school. So we see her get picked up in the morning and we see her get dropped off. And half the time I'm like, what time is it? I'm like looking at my like watch. It's like dark hat, like getting dark out. I'm like that the kid's been gone all day. And it's like, basically we're getting ready for dinner. And that's when she's getting home from school. And the first time her parents are seeing her. Uh, so it, it, it makes it, you know, it, the decision we made, it all makes sense when we see stuff like that. And it reminds us how little time we, you actually spend together when, when they're getting carted off to school every day and not, and not to say that it's a, you know, for some people it just works. Our kids were in public school before we started this. Um, but for us, this has been amazing for our family. I think I'm pretty sure on your podcast, you were sharing about when you were pregnant with your third and giving your middle child a bath. And you're like, this is like the first time I'm seeing you and it's mm-hmm. time for bed. And, and I, we've been in the same situation with seeing the bus, like, my son and I would be on our back patio, back patio, and I would like have like library books out, and we've been having breakfast and reading, and we see the school bus go through, and I'm like, I can't imagine you being like on that, like going off to school, like. No, you miss. You realize how much time you miss with them when you finally step out from that lifestyle and into this one, and definitely appreciate that more. So can you um, kind of give us an idea of what a typical day looks like and then like your overall week may look like for you guys? So it definitely changes with where we live and our um, kind of what we join in co-ops and stuff. So what our current routine looks like is Mondays, we go to a homeschool co-op learning center that we found Um where it's actually more on schooling, but my son was really asking for like, he wanted, he's never gone to any drop off or anything. And so he was asking for an experience of, I want a backpack mom. I want to go play with my friends. And the nice thing about this is the best way to describe it is it's like all the fun things you do in school without all the like sitting at the desk and stuff. So like they still play dodgeball and they've had nerf fours and they tie dye and they cook. And so like, to me, like, I, the only thing I really enjoyed about school was PE. And so I'm like, it's like, he's getting to have all the fun moments of school there without all the other stuff. And I actually can teach yoga there with the moms and stuff. So it's been awesome. So we do that Monday and then Tuesday, I lead a Waldorf in the woods co-op. And then Wednesday is our home day. Thursday, we go volunteer at a farm and then we go hike in the forest. And then Friday is our home day and Saturday, Sunday are our home days too. Cause my husband's studying so much for school. So our home day, we pretty much, I let him like Kai sleep as much as he wants those days because 
every other day, like we're out of the house. Um, so we wake up, start it super slow. Like we'll have breakfast. We'll go on a run, do something outside. We actually usually don't start our like main lesson time till after lunch. So that way he can have time to play, just like let his imagination run wild, do what he like that time to let his brain process all the other stuff we've done that week. And then when we do our main lesson, we do recorder first. Um, so we've been starting super slow, like hot cross buns. Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> and then we have a wool ball and that's what we'll throw back and forth or we'll do a baseball or a soccer ball. And that's how we'll count, skip count together. And then we go into whatever our curriculum has for the day. I do the Waldorf Essentials curriculum that I like it of like, it's just, I have it printed out. I follow the lesson. Because otherwise, I feel like if I was someone to design my own, I would probably do too much and spend too much time of like researching everywhere. So I personally need like this guide that holds me accountable of not doing too much. That sounds and like then, me. I just had to say that. That sounds just like me. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to do. Yeah. So I'm like, well, this keeps me on track and then it makes me feel good, like confident in what we're doing. Um, so we'll do whatever it says. And then I used to honestly do more like we're going to paint or we're going to do beeswax modeling or practice our yarn and stuff. But right now my son's in such like uh, imagination of doing it all on his own. So instead of me being like ending our main lesson time of like, okay, let's paint and him like paint through it for like five minutes and be like, I'm done mom. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, okay, we're like, this is your time to do what you want. And then I'm going to clean up and then we'll read on the couch for like an hour or two he will like come up with his own drawings or like go build his own he's really into world war ii now in history and so we'll go into his room and he's built i mean we lived in hawaii right at pearl harbor so he has built like the uss arizona and the mighty mo and everything and i'm like that is so much better that he'll do that for two hours on his own than me being like so let's paint a ship now like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. and so then we'll just like once he's done, we'll read on the couch. And that's honestly my favorite time, like just doing the reading. And I haven't, the cool thing with Waldorf is there's no textbooks. Like you create your own textbooks through your main lesson book. And then like, it's really, you want them to discover reading. So then it's like this magical time where you're like, oh my gosh, I can read. Like now I can, like it kind of fosters the love for reading. So we don't force reading like we'll sound out the letters we'll talk about the words to start with them but he's super close I feel like to discovering reading and so I'm like oh well maybe then you're not like right now he's like mom will you read this like next next book I'm like I wonder if that's going to change once you know how to read if you're going to want to read them on not be like oh let's read this because <laughs> he's you said seven right yeah yeah see I, I love that I think that it's important for some parents to hear that like that they might need that reassurance that it's okay. And there's a beauty to letting them go on their terms and learn when they're ready. And I think that they will, like when they're ready, I always believe that it'll just like happen like that, you know? It's kind of like potty training. Like you either like choose, like we're really doing this or like, it's like, I've known friends that have potty trained for years. And like, if you wait till they're ready, like you're done in like three days. <laughs> That's, that's, that's with most thing. things when you stop when you stop caring <laughs> all of a sudden they just do it on their own yeah, yeah. I, that was our daughter with reading though she mm. like she struggled with it and it was it was going kind of rough 
And then next thing we knew she was, uh, we'd catch her reading by herself mm-hmm. and she's nine now. And she reads to both her brothers constantly. She'll sit up in bed and read at night mm-hmm. with her light on. And, uh, she loves to read now. And like, it, it went from, went from tough. And we even like question, like, man, she's really not, she's really not enjoying this. And it, that's tough, especially for me. Cause I love to read. And I did everything I could to like get her into books. And, um, like as a, as, as one of her passions was like, I was really hoping she'd be into reading and didn't look like it was going to go that route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like, just like a light switch went off and, uh, she, she does it all the time now. And then one of her favorite things is to go to the library. So yes, it does. Those things do happen all on their own. And with the potty training thing, we have, you know, we have three kids now, so it's, you know, we've kind of seen it play out. And uh, when, you know, some other people and sometimes her sisters or a family like asks, ask about it, um, you know, at this point we're like, you know, do you think he's going to be peeing in his pants at 15 years old? Probably not. So he'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? We I've definitely had that too. Cause like with moving, and all the different adjustments and stuff. And like my Kai will sleepwalk and just find me. Like he wants to like lay next to me. And I'm like, don't worry. Like he's not going to go to college and be like, can I bring my mom to sleep with me? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you talking about the reading and then even with the Waldorf's philosophy, it made me think of one of the articles I had brought up in a previous episode. And I think it was titled The Happy Illiterate Kindergartners of Finland. I think it was Finland. I think it was. And that was the point, like in these schools, and these are schools, these kids that are six years old, because I think they start kindergarten a year later than us, are, are still not reading unless they want to. And that it said, you know, they don't, they don't rush it and they're happy and they know that they're going to pick it up when they're ready. And they have it, you know, within their environment. You know, they put the books out there and it's very welcoming, but they don't push it like we do in the States in our school system. And I, I, I just thought of that and wanted to share that article. I might have to attach that again in the show notes. And get you to put in there that they all learn how to read. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, That's the yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I read the book, um, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. And it made me want to move to Switzerland because I was like, <laughs> Switzerland and Germany, like their models of like these amazing wood playgrounds and their way of doing education. Like, I'm like that aligns with us so much more and I mean the Waldorf philosophy like originated in Germany and so there's tons of Waldorf schools there and luckily I mean there's communities here in the U.S. but it's definitely like we live in a place that it just feels like it's so much like ingrained in us like you have to be busy you have to work like fast like come on like the sooner we do this the better and like we should really like slow down and it's actually like that's where life is and that's where like the best thing we can give our kids. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell us more about, it's farm to forest, isn't that what it's called, where you guys go on Thursdays? Yes. So I kind of named it that. We go um, volunteer at one of my friend's farms for a couple hours, and then we break for lunch, and then we go play in the forest. And it's just like, so I do a lot of work from my phone, but like when I'm at our co-op and or we're in the farm in the forest days, like it's so nice for my son because he's with his friends. And his classmates and then I'm with my friends which I feel like we all need fellow homeschooler friends as like parents because 
there's so much outside noise that like we need to be able to just talk to someone and then fully understand us, you know, or like, I feel like too, if you're trying to homeschool on your own and you don't have one other friend that homeschools, like you don't have that confidence of like anytime aunt Sally's like, Hey, I don't know about this. You're like, wait, wait, no, like I do know. Like, so, um, but I also just disconnect from my phone. And so like the, our days when we're out in community are just so nourishing for both of us. I feel like, like we just come back like filled up of like, yes, what we're doing is right for us and let's keep going. And that's a, that's a, I was looking at the photos and that's a good group you guys have that go there, right? It's a, yeah, it's a good group and it's just so much fun that I, like, I love being on a farm and digging in the dirt and stuff. And I would love to have my own, but I am too much like a type A personality that I would be like never sleeping and be like, oh my gosh, I need to go do this. I need to go do this. And so I make it so awesome. I just go get to go help my friend and then I get it walk away from it right (laughs) and then the forest there has that nice like river and they were going down the the, sliding down the rocks into the river barefoot and yeah i wanted to go she just showed me that i was like that looks like fun are they going so i think it was your son going down like a mudslide yeah yeah this kid yeah he has had amazing experiences of like swinging from a vine that's probably like 15 feet in hawaii like he is like living his best life of seven and has, and we keep telling him. So my husband one day, um, Kai was like, dad, what is your job? And Mike was describing like, I'm a nurse, I'm in the army, I help people. And then he's like, well, what's my job? And we're like, to be a kid, have fun. Like, and so he's definitely like, he's learning how to use machetes in the forest and all these things of like, like they, the kids work really hard, like moving mulch with us and wheelbarrows. And so they learn like the value of like, okay, we planted these seeds for corn and they grew and then we harvested them. And then we tore down the weeds to like retail the soil. And then this is, we actually had the thing where you like put the corn through it to get all the kernels off and then to pop popcorn. And so like they understand the value of food and the work it takes instead of just like, here's my microwave popcorn. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. Now we're big on that too. That's why, yeah, we were interested in talking to you because of some of the similarities, but we're, we're big on letting the kids know where food actually comes from. And we take, you know, we go to, we go to, uh, we've had co-ops before um, where we go pick up the, the groceries at the farm or have them deliver, you know, or they deliver them at a certain mm-hmm. spot for us and, uh, you know, get to try different things that you sometimes don't get at like a normal grocery store and for them to see that process. We have a, we have a garden too. So we grow things on our own, but it's really important for kids to know that, that, a that a, a pound of beef doesn't uh, come in, doesn't come just from a plastic container, you know, like, where does that come from? What goes into that, that happening? And, uh, I, th- I think that's really important. So that's cool. And, and a lot, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, can't be done in the time frame when kids are in school and that your ability to be able to do that because of homeschooling is, is awesome. She does the same thing. She's able to take them to do those kinds of things during the school day when all these other kids are in school, they're learning about they've gone to places and learned about agriculture, mm-hmm. which is, a, again, something you would never learn about in you know, public school. I told her this once I said, you know, I wish I knew about some of these, these things, because I love digging in the dirt, like you said, and and growing things. And if I had been exposed to that as a job, 
when I was younger, who, you know, who knows what you'd be doing and they get to see that. And it's just not something that you'd see in like a typical public school. So I think it's great that you can do that through homeschooling. It's pretty funny to think about like how far I've come from when I've had my son to now that I remember the first garden plot I had, I shared with a couple of friends and they're like, okay, it's time to harvest this stuff. And I was like, harvest, what does harvest mean? <laughs> so much. And now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, now I'm up to my gardening terms. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We, we have, we have a, a garden and before we moved here last year, we had chickens. So the kids got to see where eggs came from and how that whole process worked. And then we even got to show them what a healthy egg looks like when you crack it open and what a, a gross, like pale one looks like from like the grocery store, which unfortunately we are getting right now. And until we find a, you know, a, um, I guess start getting at, at the farm, but uh, yeah, growing your own eggs and just uh, that's, that's a whole life life lesson that some kids actually will never see. Yeah. So as stated earlier, you're, Instagram platform is called Vanessa's holistic living. So can you share what holistic living means to you and what that looks like in your life? So to me, the word holistic just means your whole self that a lot of times I think people just can focus on like certain areas of like, Oh, this is good for you. This is bad for you. But looking at it as especially like whole, just mind, body, soul connection, and especially like emotions that, um, one of my favorite things to teach the kids in the forest is tools for when you're feeling anger or like it's okay to talk about your emotions, you know, instead of suppressing them and doing different breathing exercises. So to me, I chose to name it Vanessa's holistic living because I don't think there's one component of a healthy lifestyle. I think it's everything coming together um, that you could do like, oh, I'm really good at exercising. I'm going to exercise every day. And then, I mean, there's always, I don't think anyone thinks it nowadays, but back a couple years ago or so when people like, oh, I exercise so I can eat anything I want, like moving away from that of two, it's more than just exercise and food. It's so much our mind. And I think we're starting to live in a space more and more where it's recognized, even in schools, like they're starting to do more yoga and different things. But my main thing really I love to help people with is the emotional connection. Now, was there something in your life that made you want to pursue this lifestyle, like a defining moment or it just happened over time? I definitely was very, I don't, like I would say, I, I guess I would label it as like sick as a child. I was always sick to my stomach, um, which I feel like each of us have this space in our body that when we're like our emotions or our stress is kind of trying to attack our body, we feel it in our body. So for my husband, he always gets a sore throat. It's like the only thing he gets is a sore throat. For me, it's always been like my stomach and my gut health. So as a kid, I remember being so, so much pain and I would just lay there for hours like, and I would take ice cubes and rub them on my stomach until I was like, oh, okay, I know I'm going to vomit sometime and then I'll be fine. Um, so I knew how bad I felt like as a kid and a teen. And I remember once I started to get into yoga, that was kind of like my aha moment in life and like bringing in the emotions and all the different things. And then I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I had the choice to change it. And so that was the moment that I was like, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to feel this. 
And I want to help other people realize too, you don't have to feel that way. And so that's why I kind of have become so passionate about just sharing my experiences, my stories to help other people, because the stories I heard when I was doing my own healing were the ones that was like, oh my gosh, like I would never share what this person is sharing, but why are they doing that? And then I got it like, oh, they're sharing because they want to help people. And by us sharing their, our stories, it helps people. Now, I know that you had mentioned earlier, and I feel like it all falls under this holistic lifestyle that you also implement minimalism and simplicity into your lifestyle, which is also why you decided the Waldorf felt like it matched that in your life. And I love how on one of your posts, you said minimalism is an opportunity to create a space you love to be in and don't feel overwhelmed. And I thought it was such a practical way to look. I've never looked at minimalism that way. I, I, you know, I, I kind of have an idea of what it is. And sometimes I'm like, actually, maybe we do do some form of minimalism. And I just never knew that. But the way that you put it, I thought was great. So have you, with this lifestyle, have you found that this way of life helps balance like life and homeschooling? By making it more simple? Definitely. I feel like of all, so it's funny going back to my conversation and my son was like, well, what does mom do for a job? And my husband was like, everything else. <laughs> and I can do everything else and like volunteer pretty much as a full-time job and do all these different things I'm doing because like our home and minimalism makes my life so simple that I, so, and I guess everything really came from yoga that I found because I went to a yoga teacher training when my husband was deployed before I had my son. And so I just immersed myself in yoga for three weeks. That's all I did. I came back and without like knowing there was a label to minimalism or anything, like he was gone. And I was like, just taking stuff off the walls, donating it. Like, and I don't actually even remember his reaction when he came home now. I don't know if he even noticed, but we were like, I became like a minimalist before I had my son. And before there was probably even like a name and books and all these things about it. And so by the time we had our son, I already was like, I don't want a lot of toys. I don't want a lot of clothes, all the things. Um, and even now, I think it's such a great tool to give kids because the best thing I learned was if you yourself can't clean up the toys and all the messes that are made in five minutes, like how can we ask kids to like, it's so much to look at and be like, where do I start? What do I do? And so it's definitely, I don't think... I could lead co-ops and do this planning stuff or be on social media and do all these other things unless like I had minimalism because I never feel like overwhelmed of like, oh my gosh, I got to go home and clean my house or do laundry. I'm like, no, like we're in our routine. We all know how to manage our house. Like, and to me, I want our house to feel nourishing. Like I want to be there. I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, I should go to the forest to escape my house. <laughs> That's such a great point. <laughs> I think I need to implement more of it then. <laughs> we actually lived in a house that we felt just like that. <laughs> when we were, we were, we were stationed in the Florida and it was just like the house and you know, you know how it is. You get there and you have a short period of time to find a place to live. We kind of had to jump on something and uh it was the house wasn't great the neighbors were worse than the house and it was like you just couldn't wait to leave it was a terrible feeling like and now it feels good to be in our home and it's like a place we want to be so yes we do know exactly what that feels like <laughs> and i'm sure with uh, the military having that minimalistic lifestyle totally helps with all the moves 
And then so a tip, if you have under 5,000 pounds of stuff, we usually have around 3,000 pounds of stuff. They won't come back for the boxes. So we're always like, just put everything, take it out of the box, put it on the floor. We'll put it away. So we don't end up with all the boxes, but we, every single move we have had, we've been packed up in a day and out of our house, like cleaned it, turned it in in a day. And then when we get our stuff, we're always unpacked that same day. Wow. Like, and like cooking dinner in the house. So it feels so good to just like instantly be like, we're settled. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the last move we make we made and it definitely wasn't uh it was last year definitely wasn't three thousand pounds (laughs) (laughs) and it was not unpacked in a day we have three kids though i'm gonna give myself an excuse we have three kids (laughs) that's our excuse (laughs) it took us so i do have a couple friends that have like five or six kids and she's like when a toy breaks I don't care it just means i have less and she's like even the nice wood waldorf toys i'm to the point like i just I want less, like they just want to be outside or they have their couple things. Yes. Every time we go through and we donate toys because I, I can't stand the toys and the clothes and all that we'll go and donate. And it's like, sure enough, I must be like linking it right around somebody's birthday or Christmas, because next thing I know, Christmas especially comes and all of our family, thank you family for this, but they have sent us so much. And now all my empty toy baskets are full again and i'm like no yeah because we don't we don't buy that no stuff. we don't it's, like ever no because i i see what they do they go it goes into a basket and then they're outside playing with like rocks and sticks yes. and throwing snowballs and they could care less about the plastic toy so it's a complete waste yeah. but I, yes thank you to our family for <laughs> <'Cause they're listening. laughs> it's hard too because we i mean you i'm you want to appreciate people's different love languages and especially as a military family, like if they can't physically be there, a lot of times it's through like, well, here, play with this. And like, I got you this. So I can see it's with good intentions. Yes, Yes. exactly. (laughs) Okay. So uh, one of the things that interested us um, about what you've done was some of the groups that you've built and put together. And you kind of hit on that a little bit earlier, but the reason we're interested is because we're a military family. We move around. We've been in the same situations where you get places and the things that you're looking for may not exist or may not be maybe as good as what you remember from the last place you were living. And it's kind of disappointing. And, uh, you know, even an area that doesn't have some of the activities or outdoor um you know areas that you're used to and you get in you you get there and it's just kind of depressing but we're we're huge on making the most out of what you have and being positive and if you know if something doesn't exist you know you create it um if and if there's not some activity going on then you go do it on your own and we just recently We've been stuck in our house for three weeks, if you didn't know that. So uh, it's been tough. And so we set the tent out in the backyard and the kids camped for two days out there. And then we took the tent over and we camped for um, camped for a night because we do a lot of outdoor stuff and uh, we were just really missing it. So And hiked in our backyard for three miles. We did a three-mile hike in the backyard and put some packs on, put some, wa- put some weight in the packs and just did it because we... We couldn't go anywhere and we were going crazy. And uh, what we didn't show was that the second night 
with the tent that we were going to camp in. We had a giant snowstorm and we, I uh, thought that it would be, it would be fine. And we woke up and it was like a pancake under the snow. So I'm really glad we didn't sleep in it that night. It was literally a pancake. But anyway, uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your mindset and how you've like gone to these places and, and when something didn't exist, you created it and just, you know, had that positive mindset and, uh, you know, some people on the show have used this word before, but like be the change agent. Like you don't like something, then make the change, like make it work and create something. So if you could just kind of talk about that. So definitely um, moving from Hawaii to the desert of Fort Irwin is not anyone's ideal situation. (laughs) Um, And really, I learned from that experience, you can do anything with a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, The best thing I listened to recently was saying like, like, how we live is our choice. So and how we feel is our choice. And it all comes from the words we're speaking and the actions we're taking. So I could have gone to Fort Irwin and I could have stayed in my house and told sob stories of, I just moved from Hawaii and it's so hot. And it, you know, like join in on the negativity, but it feels a lot better if you live in positivity. And the thing is, I think a lot of times, like you can already be overwhelmed with like, okay, I moved and it didn't go so well on this side or like you have a bunch of stuff and you're trying to get into a house and you're not finding the right house and all these different components, but there's always going to be something like that, that can stop you from making whatever you want to happen, happen. So for me, I was like, okay, like I have this time here. I want to make the most of it. And I'm not going to wait for someone else to create this thing that doesn't exist. Like I can do it. And I mean, it's fun to me. Like if you're in this space of sharing like your talents, your creativity, like for you guys, leading a podcast like that's super awesome and like you know being able to be like this is what we're passionate about and we want to spread this the more and more you do that I think it keeps filling your bucket back up to keep going so for me leading a workout group in the Mojave Desert when people would show up really negative and I'm like you guys come on like we can exercise and you're gonna feel better like this is the area of positivity and we're here together let's be friends like you have this time, like use this two years to create a healthy lifestyle. Like what's the worst that's going to happen. You're going to come out of Fort Irwin, like feeling better about yourself. Like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Um, so I think that experience showed me, like, I can't rely on the MWR to set something up for me. I can't rely on. Can you just the explain next the MWR? I'm sorry. Can you just explain the MWR for people who aren't in the military? I don't, I don't actually know what it stands for. Morale. welfare Welfare, recreation yes okay yeah (laughs) so I mean they had a lot of workout programs and they had gyms but there was nothing for moms with kids and there wasn't child care and so um I was like well the majority of the people here are moms with kids like they need something their spouse is always gone so I think it's like a lot of times we you know like okay so you're like okay the next place we move this is where it's going to be this is what I'm imagining and if you show up and it's not that way like you can be like oh this is going to be horrible but instead being okay that's not what I wanted why don't I just make my own like this is what I had in mind like let's do it um and that's kind of now as my son got older and we decided we were going to homeschool I tried all the homeschool groups out And I kind of picked the best little pieces I liked from all of them. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to create my own. This is what I liked from this group, this group, this group. 
So you can look at the military lifestyle and be like, okay, this is what I liked when I lived in Maryland. This is what I liked in Hawaii. This is California. Like, why don't I bring all the best parts together and offer this here? And then what I've loved is um, the workout group at Fort Irwin still exists. I don't know if they're meeting with the current conditions or whatever, but then like the co-ops I had in Hawaii, like I set it up where they could still keep going without me. Like it doesn't have to have me there. Like I created it, but let's keep it going. Like, but I think a lot of times it's a lot of work to start something. And so people can be intimidated or they don't have the time or energy to do that work. And so that's why I created that um, guide. I have the a year in nature guide that it's set up of pretty much like I can hand this to someone and be like, this is what I've done in the forest for three years. Like take it, start your group. And then as a group decide how you want to shift it and how you want to make it your own. Cause it takes all that like research out of like, well, how do I do this? How do I run a Facebook group? How do I find the people? How do I come up with a plan? All the like logistics that can take a ridiculous amount of hours. So just can you, since you're talking about it already, can you briefly describe it? Is it, bro- isn't it broken down into like months or even weeks, right? Or how, how so it's broken. Um, I did the whole year and I broke it down into months. So In Hawaii, I was leading a Waldorf in the woods on Monday and then a forest Friday on Friday. So I would make the two kind of come together with our theme. Um, We basically had the same families coming to both. So it was really nice. We got to see everyone twice a week. And they were really like, Vanessa, you got to like make something so more people can have access to this because so many of my friends and their friends, we would post pictures and they were like, what is this? Like, where does it exist? I want this. So I made the guide to give to other people as like, this is what's going to get you started. And then from there, you can add your personal touches to it. So in the beginning is like some logistics. Um, There's books for mindfulness for parents, for kids. Um, There's practices at like home of like good morning songs you can sing. And then there's pretty much everything I did in the forest for that month. And then also book suggestions and And two, you don't have to have a co-op to do it. People could do it just as a family. I love that. So that was the third co-op you had created, right? Through your moves? So yeah, I had, well, I had a workout group when I was pregnant and then I had a workout group at Fort Irwin and then I transitioned into the homeschool world. So I joined a couple co-ops and then I led Waldorf in the Woods and Forest Friday in Uh, Hawaii and then I started a new co-op here so I'm on my third co-op now. Wow and then I thought I heard in one of the I was listening to one of your episodes of um, being interviewed on another podcast and didn't you say that you also started a soccer league? Oh yeah so (laughs) my friends my friends are like Vanessa I cannot wait till Kai grows up and see what he creates because he's used to his mom just like okay, let's create this that we try. Um, And like one of the things with Waldorf is kind of like not pushing sports and not joining all these extracurricular activities, just like not maxing out your schedule. So I've been really mindful of that. And then we moved and my son was like, I want to play soccer again, mom. Like it had been a while and the move was hard on us, like moving during a pandemic and um, part of Waldorf is like a seven year change. Like you're your mind is going through a lot that you're really like starting to separate yourself from before that like world and self are the same. So you're not really like 
feeling all the big issues going on in the world. And then at seven, their mind kind of starts to think differently of like world and self separate. And then it's like a pandemic and we're moving and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hard. And so we got settled and Kai's like, I want to play soccer again. And so I'm like researching our options and only one parent was allowed to go. So my husband went so they could have some time and he could watch him and they come home and my husband's like, yep, we're not going back to that. The kids were cussing and talking about politics. And and so Kai's like, mom, just let's make our own. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's make our own. And so, um, yeah. And the funny thing is all the parents and kids that come think that I played soccer. (laughs) I never played soccer, (laughs) but I guess I'm pretty good at just like, I know I have, and I guess it's awesome that I passed it on to my son of like, I have the confidence that we can like, yeah, let's do it. Like believe in yourself and how your slogan is like, don't let outside noise take away your fire. Like believe in yourself and just do it. Yeah. That is, it's such a healthy mindset. And I, I was going to bring up that point that it's so important for our kids to see that. And how neat is that, that your son was like, well, I've already seen my mom with this mindset of if it's not there, we're going to create it. Why not do it, mom? And he he didn't even doubt it. Like for my kid to be like, Hey, you create the soccer league, you know, that, (laughs) that says a lot. And I know for us, uh, when you were talking about when you showed up to the desert (laughs) and just like, (laughs) okay, we're going to go in with this positive mindset. That was the feeling I had. And I've shared this before when we moved to New Mexico and Nathan kind of painted this picture of what it was going to be like. And it wasn't a hundred percent accurate when I pulled up because the trailer was not what he had told me it would be. She probably has no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> so Nathan, uh, yeah. So he, He first, before the military, used to work with the Department of Game and Fish in New Mexico. And um, he moved out there a year before I moved out there to be with him because we weren't married yet. And he kept telling me that we're going to move to, um, we're going to be living in this cabin in the National Forest. And I was like, okay. So I remember I pull up in the middle of the night with my parents. It was probably like one o'clock in the morning or something. And I look out the window and I'm like that's not a cabin. Like where's the cabin he's describing. And it said, it's like this older, not in the best of shape, like double wide. And I just remember my mom saying to me, like, don't worry. That's just, that's just a a, a structure, you know, home is like what you make it. And it was from that point on that like, and my, my parents have always raised me that way, but this was the first time I felt like I was truly tested. Like, okay, you've been given something that you, you really weren't expecting. And I had always grown up like in the suburbs of the city. So on top of that, I was leaving this lifestyle I've only ever known. And then I won't say getting thrown into, but getting thrown into the national forest in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico in this um, house. And I learned very quickly that, yeah, I had to put my, my big girl pants on here and have a positive mindset. Cause what are you going to go do? Like go cry in the corner and feel sorry for yourself. Or you, like you said, you're going to make the best of it. And 
sure enough, it was like the best years that we had for, especially for the like foundation of our marriage, because we had nobody else but each other. And then we really found our connection, at least me, Nathan had always been connected with the outdoors, but I truly found my connection with the outdoors being out there because that's all we had. And that was, that's just my point is that we believe in that power of, of, of the mind. And that's also like what you said, what we've been doing lately. And we just had an episode talking about this. Like I was complaining to Nathan because of this three week quarantine we were on and, and I was upset and he was like, well, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I can't, he's like, okay, if you can't change it, what are you going to do about it? And it's so true do something, change it, be the change agent. So wait, in my defense, <laughs> what did the sign say on the front of the trailer? Tie tres piedras cabin. <laughs> tres piedras is the, is the, the, ta- the small, if you even want to call it a town that it was in cabin. So it said it on there. It's actually <laughs> said cabin. And I kept telling her it was a cabin. I'm, we're good. We're covered. <laughs> I wasn't lying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yes. Power of the mind. <laughs> yes, but positive mindset. I even wrote, I just wrote a, I, I like to write to sometimes. And uh, on our website, I wrote a, a blog or article. Uh, I call it Nobody Likes a Whiner. Because just like you said, you know, you, there's going to be stuff like that in your life all the time that you don't like or it doesn't seem ideal what are you going to do? Whine about it? Like what, what does that accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything for you. It brings down the mood of everybody around you and especially your family, the most important part. And like you were talking about the power of words um, earlier. And I think that's really important, especially, you know, that that's part of, you know, education as well as if you're, if your kids hear you talk negatively about things all the time, and we brought this up with this whole COVID thing going on. If all they hear is us talk about how terrible everything is and how much this stinks and we can't do anything. And, um, you know, that's how they're going to look at every tough situation in life is just, okay. The normal thing is to sit here and complain about it and whine about it, or they can hear you talk positively about stuff and say, yeah, look, we, yeah, we can't go anywhere, but what are we going to do? Well, I guess we're going to go out back and go for a hike or go camping in the in the backyard and have a fire back there since we can't go camping at the forest right now because we can't leave our house. <laughs> so I think <laughs> it's a really think, good point that you brought up. I think it's such a great opportunity with homeschooling too to because our kids are hearing us mostly talk instead of like teachers and peers. So it's like even like an example, we ordered takeout from our favorite Indian restaurant the other day. And our order got totally messed up. And instead of being like, oh, I'm so upset about this. Like I wanted this so bad. We're like, well, I'm really glad of the convenience of this. And it's okay. Like, like that's what we get for this convenience, but we can still be grateful for it, you know, of instead of like all the different uh, story I have of my son, <laughs> we were riding with someone else that is very passionate on the road about certain situations <laughs> that happen and don't happen. I like that passion. Yeah. <laughs> my son eventually was like asked, he was like, Greco, what who are you talking to? <laughs> and my and she's like, all the other cars on the road. And my son's like, Well, my mom kind of just lets it be and it just works out. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and I was like, they're learning so much from how we react to everything. And so I'm like, I'm glad. I like with the homeschooling experience that my son's learning positivity through my husband and I's reactions to things instead of like, I don't know how that teacher is reacting or all the different people they're around in this building and what they're going to come home and say that I'm like, <laughs> and he just like told an 80 year old to calm down on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The influences at school are huge. And it's so, you know, you, we talk about this too, but you can't, you can't shelter a kid from everything. Like life is life. They're going to be exposed. But when you, you know, a big thing about homeschooling for us too, is that you lay that foundation. So when they do hear that, that stuff, you know, they understand whether that's right or wrong to talk like that and that they already have the positive, you know, vibes going on in the house and the positive language in the house. And that's what, that's, that's what they're going to use for the rest of their life, hopefully, because it's, it's built a foundation for them. So they're going to hear that stuff, but the important part is that you're the one that they're hearing the other side from, and hopefully they take that, you know, through the rest of their life. Definitely. I think they, Kai always notices. He's like, that's not what my parents do. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have the same thing with our kids, except they say it like in front of the other people. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And I'm like, that's challenging too. And you're like, well, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yes. You're like, yes, buddy. We understand that we don't do that in our house, but that's not our house. It's okay. It's like, that's their choice. Like, let's not talk about yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, do you want to ask her your ending question? Sure. Um, so if you knew that you would lose your ability to speak tomorrow, what is one last piece of advice that you would like to leave the world? I thought about this for a while. It's an awesome question you guys do. So um, my best thing I think I could leave people with is if you break fear down, it's false expectations appearing real. I Excellent. That. All right. Awesome. Well, it's a great place to end it. Mm -hmm. So where can our listeners find you? I'm really only on Instagram under Vanessa's holistic living. Okay. And we'll also make sure that we uh, link your guide in our show notes as well. I actually, I do have a YouTube channel way back in the day at Fort Irwin. So if someone wants workouts and especially with kids, all that's still there. I can send you guys the link to that. Awesome. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, we want to let you go so you can enjoy your friends since you are on vacation right now and you took the time to talk to us, but enjoy and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. It's so nice to talk to you. Bye. 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 We first want to thank Vanessa for joining us and sharing her story. We appreciate her time. We also want to thank all of you for joining us around the campfire for another great conversation. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take a minute to write us a review on your podcast of choice and also visit us on our website, thehomeschoolprojectpodcast.com and give some feedback to our bloggers. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out. <laughs>